Welcome to the Profitable Farmer Podcast, where it's all about increasing the profitability of your farm by working smarter, not harder. And now your host, business expert, Andrew Roberts. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to this episode. And uh, we've got Greg online. Can you hear me, Greg? I can, Andrew. How are you going? Very well, thanks. How are you going? Oh, I'm well. Excellent, excellent, excellent. And um, this week's topic, Greg, something that I know you and I are both very familiar with, having uh, been involved in business for a long time, the, the topic of hitting a ceiling. And um, there's an opportunity that you and I have, we, we can take our listeners through five ways that you can actually break through a ceiling. But firstly, Greg, um, how would you describe hitting a ceiling when it comes to doing so in business? Well, it's actually it's an interesting concept and, and basically hitting a ceiling occurs with all businesses that grow. Eventually, they'll reach a point where um, something in the business uh, is, is, is basically stuck. I mean, the, the business is not either not going forward at the rate that it was or it's just feeling overly complex um, or there are individuals within the business that are feeling um, like things are just too difficult uh, for them within their current roles within the business um, or there are, there are divisions or areas within the business that are not progressing as well as they should. And so, so hitting the ceiling can occur at the organisational level, it can occur at the, at the enterprise-specific level and it can occur at the personal or people level. So, um, And really it's just, it's just this this understanding or feeling that, that that the business is just not progressing it's not not moving forward or ahead as it was um, and generally um, you'll get a feeling that um, or the people that are in it will get a feeling that um, you know things are just getting a bit complex and, and really a bit um, difficult to handle yeah and I mean Greg uh, you've been in business for a long time I mean how many times do you reckon you've 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 come to that place of hitting the ceiling well, it's actually a really interesting uh, question. When I look back, um, um, we we've, we've undergone a, a very rapid uh, expansion of our business over the last eight years. We've our, our business has expanded um, in terms of in revenue terms by four hundred percent, and in staff terms, in in the size of the team, it, it, it's it's three times the size as it, that it was over that period of time. And so, we were basically hitting the ceiling about every six months uh, through, through that period of growth. It became a you know, the business was growing so fast that it took a lot of um, effort uh, on my behalf, mostly, to visit the five um, disciplines that you're going to talk about, uh, constantly be revisiting those disciplines and making sure that um, the business had what it needed to do to be able to break through that ceiling and enable it to continue to progress. So just um, what that means is that you know, we, we, we were growing at about 16... Year-on-year year growth has been about 16% a year. So, so it's been... A, pretty spectacular rise in the business over that period of time and um, but that meant that you know everything had to change within the business that we you know the systems that we had in place the the, the structure of the team uh, the way the team um, were positioned um, how we managed them um, everything had to change on, on a reasonably constant basis to allow us to continue to grow um, and achieve that sort of rate of growth and um, and so you know I, I think probably about every six months before that um, in the 25 years or so before, uh, before that, or, or longer, 30 years before that um, uh, period, um, I think probably we had three or four um, major periods where we hit the ceiling and, and needed to, you know, needed to restructure the business and, and, and do what needed to be done to allow us to move forward. 
Absolutely, and and you'd agree with me as well, Greg, that sometimes you, you can hit a ceiling and be stuck on that ceiling for in, in, in sometimes multiple years, three or four years. Some people can hit it and, and have the same year repeated over and over and over again, correct? Yeah, well, it's actually a really important principle because, you know, as I said, all businesses that, that grow hit the ceiling at some stage. And, and there's really only three ways that you can go uh, when you do hit a ceiling, when the business becomes complex and basically stops growing. Um, you can either put in place the principles that we're going to talk about today that help you to restructure the business and move it through that ceiling and 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 then on to the next phase of growth. Or um, you can stay at that level and just bounce around and uh, and uh, not go anywhere, um, which eventually leads to the business, um, I guess, reducing in, in uh, profitability and, and ultimately probably in the end um, um, causing the demise of the business and that's what happens to a lot, an awful lot of businesses that start up they, they go gangbusters for a period of time then they hit a ceiling and then they fail after the end of that process and uh, you know I think um, you know a very large percentage of businesses that start never survive 10 years because of the, of the fact that they, they hit these ceilings and, um, and and then the business basically just becomes all too difficult and, and the owners bail out I mean often the main reason why they bail out is because of burnout owner burnout um, working too hard just can't make the business work for them to get them through that next level and the third direction you can go if you hit a ceiling is you can actually you can actually recognize that you've the business has has stagnated and you can uh, elect to reduce the size of the business to actually descale it and move it back down to a, a smaller business um, the business that it was um, you know previously um, which which can work but um, you know the problem with that is that eventually um, the, the time and and um, um, and the, um, the the price cost squeeze in, that occurs in all businesses catches up with you and um, you know and and eventually makes that business or can make the business very difficult to to go on with um, and not re- very rewarding to be a part of. So so yeah, three three ways that a business can go um, and you know the most common way that businesses go when they hit a ceiling is actually sideways and then eventually downwards. It's really interesting, isn't it? And I mean, what would be some of the ways that a farmer or, or someone running a farming business would know, Greg, that they've reached a ceiling? I mean, you've, you've already started sharing one of the, some of these, but um, and and to maybe start the ball rolling here. So maybe if a farmer's feeling like they're working really hard and they're not really getting the traction, that 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 could just be identifying that you're on a ceiling, correct? Exactly. I mean, if you have the feeling that. Uh that it, you know, it's you're just you're just flogging yourself and not getting anywhere. Um, then you've definitely hit a ceiling. Uh, there's absolutely no doubt about that. Or if you if you if the business is still progressing okay, but you just know that it's getting really complex and you've got a lot of balls in the air and you just feel, have this unease about how complex the whole thing is, um, then then you've hit a ceiling. Um, or if you just sit back and reflect on your business and know that um, you know if you were to get sick for an extended period of time that the business is going to fall over or have a high chance of falling over, then you've hit a ceiling because you, that business is really, you know, it, it's, it's way too complex and, and not, um, not leveraged enough to, to, to be a good business. Absolutely. And look, the, the first point that I want to, I want to make here is hitting a ceiling, Greg, is, is often a, an opportunity uh, dressed as, as, a, as a disguise, right? It's a, it's a, it may seem like it's a horrible thing that's happening, but underneath it is a big opportunity that once addressed, um, a business owner can see a, a big breakthrough, correct? And, and you've seen this, that often it takes um, an opportunity to slow down in order to speed up this, this, this saying that I love. 
Sometimes we need education to change direction instead of motivation to speed up. And I know, I mean, you've seen this multiple times in your business as I have in, in mine. It's uh, th- There comes a stage when you start recognizing that reaching a ceiling is, is an opportunity, correct? Yes, it's always an opportunity because what it means is the business is growing and, and you know, then what, what it also means is there are significant opportunities um, awaiting. You've just got to be able to move the business past that block, the, the, the ceiling, if you like, that's holding the, the business back. What, you know, what is it that's actually holding the business back at this point of time that's not allowing it to smoothly progress and grow, continue to grow? Um, and once you can figure that out and, and put the necessary processes in place then the business can take off again and and that's what I what I found I mean you really do get you can get spectacular growth once you actually allow yourself to spend some time to analyze what's going on and and understand what you need this the sort of things you might need to put in place to enable the business to progress and um, yeah so it's always it's always an indication of an opportunity um, and you know often tremendous opportunities um, because you know, businesses that don't grow never hit a ceiling. They just co- quietly um, become less and less profitable and then disappear. Um, it's businesses that grow that hit these ceilings. And look, this is this is well defined. I mean, this is this was actually worked out um, by some very very uh, solid researchers into into business. And it, it, it you know it's it's common with all businesses. Um, you know, the the, the stages of uh, of hitting the ceiling uh, as businesses grow are well defined and well understood. Yeah, everyone hits it at some stage while they're growing. And okay, so we're going to talk about five things that you can do to break through the ceiling once you reach a ceiling. And, and just to introduce these, the five, the five ideas are one, simplify, two, delegate, three, predict, four, systemize, or five, structure. And I'd like to, for us just to address each of these in turn. Um, and Greg, I'll start with simplify. And why is simplification one of the key things that you can do when it comes to breaking through well you know one of the things that happens as businesses grow is they become more and more complex we are as human beings we seem to want to or like to make things more complex and um, you know um, I I think there was a a very famous saying uh, that um, I think it might have actually might have been Bill Gates that said this is that the complex is easy um, simple is Steve Jobs Steve Jobs Steve Jobs. Yes. What, what was it? What was the saying? Yeah, c- complexity is easy. Simple, you have to work. Yeah, out. simple, you have to work out. I think it's a, it's a fantastic saying. Complexity is easy. Uh, simplicity, you have to work at. And and so you know, it's it's the common scenario as businesses grow organically is that they grow in in complexity as well as in as in size. And and one of the problems you have is that uh, um, at, the business will reach a point often where it's become far too complex. Too many balls in the air, um, too many things going on, to um, to really be, you know, um, a, 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 uh, um, a very streamlined and, and you know well managed um, operating machine. And so, you know, the, the task of a business owner should always be to be looking at the what's going on in their business and and simplify as much as possible. Run the most simple systems that you possibly can. And you know, if we if we use communication within team as a great example of how com- complexity in business arises or, or, or scales up. If you have two people in, a, in, a, in an organisation or in a business and they want to communicate with each other, you know, how many channels of communication are there? There's only two. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's person A to person B and person B to person A. So it's very, it's, you know, it's, 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 there's two level, levels of communication or two channels of communication. It's fairly straightforward. If you had a third 
person, so you're running 50% of the team size, a, a third person. Now think about how many lines of communication you've got. You've got now person A, B and C, so you've got person A to B, person B to A, you've got person B to C and person C to B, and you've got person A to C and person C to A. You've actually now got six um, six levels of communication that need to be managed. And so, you know, you've gone, by adding one, one extra person, 50% extra team size, you've actually increased the complexity of the communication process by three times, from two channels to six channels. And then if you add another, if you add a fourth person in there, it even becomes worse, you know. So, so the complexity as teams grow, um, it, it, complexity of communication becomes a major problem. And, you know, there, there are ideal team sizes at, at which, above which um, communication uh, maintaining good communication within those teams becomes extremely difficult to ma- uh, to happen. So, so you know, just that's just one example of how complexity uh, increases very, very quickly as businesses grow. I mean, it's and it's just so much broader than that than even team members, Greg. And I'm I'm thinking of a farming business as well, and it's it's often even a, a farmer that might start off uh, farming sheep, and then. Um, sees someone else or, or the beef market's going crazy, right? So that they go and start a, uh, producing cattle and then all of a sudden they get into cropping and it's the shiny shiny object syndrome can often cause complexity as well. Yes, it does, but, but it doesn't even have to be um, disparate enterprises like that. I mean, the classic one I see is that someone might be running merino ewes, for example, and then they decide, or, or a merino wool flock, and then they, the lamb price, uh, prime lamb price looks pretty good, so they decide they're going to start breeding a few prime lambs. But, you know, instead of breeding the prime lambs out of some surplus merino ewes that they've got, they decide, well, you know, the best way to do this is to actually, I'm going to actually breed some first cross ewes to actually breed those terminal lambs from. So, so they start mating a proportion of their, um, of their merinos to, uh, to first cross um, maternal size. And, and, and then they've got those first cross maternal um, sheep that they're then going to make to a, to a terminal size. So when you actually think about what's happening, they, they run a sheep enterprise, but on that sheep enterprise, they've got a self-replacing merino flock, they've got a self-replacing maternal flock, and they've got a terminal lamb flock. So they've got three flocks all within the one sheep enterprise. And, and you know, very often those three enterprises all compete for resources. They compete for land resources, they compete for feed resources, they compete for labour resources. Because, you know, often you're not lambing at the same time. To, you know, to ideally run a, a terminal lamb flock, you're going to be lambing at a different time than you might be the ideal lambing time for a self-replacing merino flock, for example. And similarly with the maternal group. So all of a sudden, you know, what, what was, what could have started off as a simple sheep enterprise becomes quite a complex, you know, sheep enterprise that actually has three sub-enterprises within it. So, you know, it, 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 it's very easy to create that complexity. Oh, I, I mean, I outside of farming, Greg, I see this all the time. Business owners thinking that by they're, they're entrepreneurial and they, they go and buy different businesses or they, they think by scaling up and, and getting bigger is, is the goal. But, you know, often they're, they're more profitable with significantly less hours right back when they had the, the, the first business. So I, I see it all the time. And it's such a great point to, to make is uh, complex is easy. We just do it naturally. Um, but if you were to take out a piece of paper and ask that question, you know, what could we do to simplify? What could we do less of? Um, and it's another one of my favorite sayings that, you know, less is more, less is more. Be, be sharper, simpler. So, so very powerful. The second thing I want to talk about um, is delegate. And how does this help you break through the ceiling? 
Well, I guess the, uh, the often the first um, the first ceiling that all businesses hit is the ceiling around delegation. So, in other words, generally, you know, a business will start up as a sole operator, um, you know, uh, one person, um, and perhaps in a farming situation with their spouse or partner, um, or it might be a father and son scenario. But they um, they start up the business and the business grows organically and gets to a point where both of them are working at their or beyond their physical capacity, um, and and the business has been constrained by the fact that they actually can't work any harder. I mean, there's only so many days, hours of the of the day, days of the week, weeks of the year that you can work without actually becoming totally wrecked um, physically and and mentally, and, and and not working effectively at all. So so you know that the that becomes a major constraint to the business that that the, the labour being supplied by the principal owners, um, it becomes a, a constraint uh, for the business to grow. And so, and so the the obvious solution there is to always be looking to delegate, to be looking to think, to, to always be looking at the workforce the, the, and, the, and the tasks to be done and be thinking about, okay, well, who could I get to do this? Who could do this better than I could? Um, and, and, you know, how could, we, how could I leverage my time so that I can bring somebody in to more effectively work on these tasks and allow me the space and time to work on the things that are going to help me to grow the business beyond the ceiling? Oh, yeah, it's huge and it's such an important skill. And, and you would uh, know as well as I do in, in farming, or not just in farming, in small business, Greg, um, delegation is a skill that many, many farmers lack. Correct. Yes, um, unfortunately, that is the case, and it's not just farming; it's all small businesses. That, unfortunately, you know, many people who start a business up start a business because they have they are technically very good in an area, or they have a passion for a particular pursuit that they that they that they think they could um, they can generate income from and a, and, a, and a livelihood from. But they often they don't that they often believe that they are that there's nobody else that they can get to do the job as good as they can do it themselves and and unfortunately that's not the case you know there are certain elements of the things that you do every day that you probably are very very good at um, but there are other elements that you have to do because you're a business owner that you know you you may well be able to get somebody else to do at a much better level than, than you can do them um, not only that but they enjoy doing them I mean not everything that we do in business we enjoy I, I know there are certain things in business that I do I've done in the past because I've had to do them as a business owner that I don't really enjoy. I just do them because I have to. Um, but you know, there are people in the world who love doing those sorts of tasks, and and um, you know, and if you can find, if you can identify those tasks that that you don't necessarily like doing or that you're not that good at, um, but you have to do because that's part of running a business, and you can find somebody to pay who loves doing them, is very good at them, then obviously it's a win-win situation. It frees up time for you to then spend that time on on, on ways and means that you can develop the business. And we all, all businesses have, um, and particularly farming businesses, have lots of opportunities to grow and to increase the, the income and the profit that they make. Very often... Um, that those opportunities are just not seen because the owner's too busy just working on the in the business itself. Absolutely. And um, number three, predict. How can you use prediction as a form of breaking through a ceiling? So predicting the future is a really important part of being able to um, predict where the business is going and what needs to happen. And, and really there are two forms of prediction. There are short-term prediction and long-term prediction um, um, when, it, when we come to the horizons that we're talking about. And if I start with short-term prediction, it's all about um, knowing that that you're on top of the business. Um, for, you know, there's nothing's going to pop up in the next one, two, three weeks that's going to bite you and, and, and cause you to be, you know, um, just 
putting out fires and, ch- and chasing your tail all the time. And, you know, I see, unfortunately, um, over the years, I've dealt with quite a lot of farm businesses where where the farm is running the, the, the business owner rather than the business owner running the farm. In other words, all they're doing is just spending their whole time just putting out, chasing fires and putting them out. So, um, And it's because of the fact that they don't put in place the sorts of strategies and, and processes they need to be able to, you know, to be able to predict that, that, that over the next two or three weeks, nothing's going to pop up that's going to give us any grief. And, and a lot of that is is actually about having uh, good quality meetings. If you've got one or two, oh, sorry, two or three people within the organisation um, that are owners, then having meetings on a regular basis, probably weekly, short meetings, half an hour, and you, with an agenda and discussing all of the, the issues that are on the table um, now for the, so the things that the problems for the business um, that are that are current um, opportunities um, you know uh, that, that present themselves but prioritizing those those issues and discussing them and solving them and and, and solving them for the longer longer term good and if you can do that then as a, if you solve those issues as they come up and they're solved for the longer term good not just have a band-aid put over them and patched up then then they're not going to come up and bite you um, in the next you know later on down the track in the next few weeks um, what I see um, with these people who spend constantly spend their time putting out fires, is that they don't ever fix the issues that um, need to be fixed. So you know they're either trying to put band aids over them or they are just ignoring them, and so they just pop up eventually and 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 cause issue, cause you know cause grief. So that's the short term prediction of for the business. The longer term prediction is really all about is really all about um, looking at the business over a 12 month at least a 12 month to three year window and understanding where it's going and what the, and what the possibilities of outcomes are and and really that comes back to cash flow budgeting and and, and tracking um, budgets to actual so if you sit down um, at the start of the or before the financial year or whatever your budgeting period is that you like to use and you draw up um, a realistic and, and um, um, uh, cash flow budget um, and you know you are confident that that budget um, could be achieved, and you might have one or you might have a couple of different scenarios. If you're in a an area of high uh, seasonal risk, then you might have a worst case scenario and a best case scenario, and a and a, and a more average budget, for example. Um, but you know you have those budgets, um, and then you start tracking them. And if you can, if you set a, a cash flow budget and and you know it's realistic, and you believe it's achievable, and the outcome of that budget is that you will generate. You know, a hundred thousand dollars worth of profit, or a three percent return on um, investment, or whatever it is that, that that you you want the outcome to look like. And if you, if you set that budget, it's realistic, and you track it, and you achieve the outcomes for that budget, then you know exactly where the business is going to be in twelve months' time. You are predicting the future for the business. You know, we talk about farming as being an unpredictable business. Well, there are elements of of it that are unpredictable, as there are in all businesses. But you know, good cash flow budgeting, realistic budgets, tracking. Um, actuals to the budget um, and taking action if the bu- if you start to move out of whack with the budget um, taking action then and there rather than getting to the end of the year and looking back and saying well that was a bit of a bugger or, you know we didn't actually get there um, you know it, it provides a lot more prediction for the for the business for the future it's fantastic um, number four Greg systems how do they fit in breaking through the ceiling yeah, so systems is a, is a, is a great one. Um, you know, when you're working on your own, then really, you know, you, you're the repository of all information. You do the things the way you do them because that's the way you've developed, uh, you know, the, the proce- processes and procedures for getting particular jobs done. And that's all fine. But if you move into a situation where you've got more than you just working in the business and you want to um, to, to have all of the tasks that are do- done within the within the business that make it tick done to the level that you want them done to, 
then the only way that you can do that you can make that happen if you're not doing them yourself is to have systems is to have written systems in place documented systems that somebody else can follow and achieve exactly the same outcome so we're not talking about documenting everything that goes on in the business here we're talking typically 80% of your income comes from about 20% of the activities that you undertake on the farm so it's identifying those really important activities that occur and systemizing those having written procedures and protocols that you can then have somebody else come in and 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 delegate into those tasks and have them follow the systems and, and procedures that you've got written and know that the outcomes will be achieved to the level that you want them to be achieved. I mean, how often you know, have we heard the situation, well, I employed this person, they came onto the farm, I gave them a job to do and bugger me, they didn't, you know, it didn't get done the way I like it done. You know, the issue there is not anything to do with the person that you've, you've brought on to do the job. It's all about the way you've managed them and, how you, and, the, and the system or protocol that you've given or haven't given them to, to achieve the outcome you're trying to get uh, done. Yeah, and this is this saying, uh, Greg, that was taught to me by a guy called Marshall Thurber who, again, just studied tens of thousands of businesses and really uncovered that you know, over nine out of ten problems in business are system-related, not human-related. I find that so powerful because the, the natural tendency when there's a problem in business, you, you said it before, is to blame the person. But the first step that you should always look to is what system do we have to get this job done? I find that, and, and when you get into that mindset, and uh, you'd agree with me, Greg, it, it's it's often just such an obvious, simple system error that once that system's a new system's documented. Uh, and you, you put steps around there or even a checklist in place and you make sure that the person follows the checklist, it just irons out the problem. That's absolutely, um, yeah, that's, that's absolutely correct. I mean, I, I've employed a lot of people over, the, over my life as a business owner and, um, and I, I don't think I've, I can't remember one of them who actually turns up to work each day wanting to do a bad job. You know, everybody that I've employed actually wants to, you know, they want to come and do the best job that they can. And, and so if there's, if there's a problem with the outcome, um, if the outcome that they're generating is not what you expect, then it's not, generally it's not there. It's not them that's causing the problem. It's the system. It's the it's what you've given them to to work in. It's the training you've given them and the system you've given them to work in that's actually caused that problem. And so, always whenever there's a, any sort of thing that arises in my business, the first thing I look at is okay. What system are these people following, and and you know what's wrong with the system? I need to do something with the system to make sure that it's, it actually achieves what, what I'm trying to achieve. Last but not least, um, working on the organisational structure or, or the restructure of the business, how can you work on this, Greg, to, to get a breakthrough of a seal? Yeah, this is a, such an important one. In fact, I think this is you know this is this is the first place I always go is when the when my businesses need need um, uh, reformation because I've hit a ceiling. Then the first place I go to is the organisational chart. So so I'll look at um, all of the people that are in the business. I'll look at all of the well, actually, firstly, I'll look at all of the roles that are that are performed within the business. So, you know, all of the tasks that are done, that the the various roles that um, are sit within the business, um, I'll document it out in a, into a onto a wall uh, organizational chart that I can look at uh, overview on a wall or somewhere like that, so that I can actually get a visual idea of what it all looks like. Document everything that gets done and and, and where it sits within the business, and then I'll then I'll look at um, you know who's currently in the business performing those roles. Um, then I think, okay, well, um, this is where we're at at this point of time. This is the organisational chart that we've got right now, and this is where we're at right now. But I know that if I need, if I'm going to grow this business to the next level, this organisational chart is not 
satisfactory. I need to change things because, you know, the, that organisational chart, that organisation's gotten me to where I am today, but it's not going to get me to where I need to go in the future. So I need to think about what does it look like? What's the what's the most simple organisational chart that I that I need to actually grow the business to the next level? And so often that that means, you know, um, understanding um, who in the business has, has got too much to do. Um, um, and, and sometimes you'll create new seats, you'll create new opportunities, new employment opportunities within the business, and you'll split out some of those tasks for people who are currently over capacity um, to to allow free them back up the time that they need to do the, the the jobs, the rest of the jobs they've got to do properly. So it's a constant, you know, it's a constant rejigging of the of the organisational structure, and and delegating across to people the tasks that, that suit their natural abilities within the organisation or and or going out and seeking further um, members of the team to come into the business that, that have with specific um, skill sets that actually will can take on the tasks that you identify that you want to delegate across. So it's, 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 a, it's, it's such an important part of growing a business is having the right people um, in the business in the first place, and then having them in the right seats doing the right things, the things that match their natural talents and abilities. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a quick story of this, Greg. I, I was running uh, our coaching business in Sydney, and I was uh, the CEO. Um, and at this particular stage, we had eight team members, um, and I was flat out. I mean, there, there, any issue that went wrong in the business was falling onto me, even including if the printer broke down. It was just one of those annoying things that I felt I was just very much trapped and, and very much at a ceiling um, doing work that I just knew wasn't going to get me to the next level. And um, we went through a major decision. I had a business partner, but we made a major decision to engage an, an operational manager. And the operational manager came in and all of a sudden they were responsible for looking after all the finances in the business. They managed the admin team. Um, if there any issues came up within the, in the business, they, it fell onto him. Um, Great metaphor that was passed on to me. It's like as a business owner, we, we carry around like a monkey that's jumping all over your back. Um, and sometimes you've got to take that monkey off and give it to someone else to look after. And the monkey being just things going wrong and all, all over the place. And and I mean, that was one of the the biggest breakthrough moments that I've, I've ever been through in business because this operational guy came in. And he treated the business um, like his own. And not only that, he was so much better at systems than what I am. So he put all these systems in place to fix the issues, coming back to, to systemizing. Uh, he could see things simpler than what I could. I mean, the, the the things that he could do for my business, he just he took on a whole lot of skills that I just don't have. And I remember uh, about two months later when, when our business was just going from strength to strength, and I'm sitting in my office and... There was almost an entire week when I was, was able to sit with my door closed and not have anyone interrupting me. And it was actually in that week, Greg, where I came up with a strategy that, that enabled our business to go on and, and, and become um, actually the largest business coaching company in Australia. Like it was, it was that week when I, I was so relaxed, I was at peace, and, and all because I made a decision to restructure, all because I made a decision to hand over the running of the business, if you like, to an operational person. So I agree with you. I, I, I sometimes think making the decision on that one there is, is one of the biggest breakthroughs you, you can get. Um, it may seem like a risk at the time, but uh, if you can pull it off and you, and you make the right decision, it's extraordinary. But and just remember, it doesn't have to be, you know, what we're talking about here is not necessarily a full-time person. I mean, you know, businesses grow incrementally. And so, you know, it might be that you... 
Um, you, you might be a sole operator now and you're doing everything in the business. You're doing, you know, all of the, the day-to-day operations. When you come home, you know, you've got to do the books uh, the books and the bass and all that sort of thing as well. Um, and, and, you know, uh, you might decide, okay, well, look, I'm getting to the point where I've just there's too much to do. The business, what my I'm holding the business back here. Um, so you might you might think, well, you know, I don't actually like doing the books that much. Um, I need to know what's going on on a monthly basis. Absolutely, that's that's a very key part of being a business owner. But but I don't necessarily need to do the physical data entry for the book work, for example. So you know, so you can take all of that time. And it might you know, it could be. 10 or 15 hours a, a month, for example, um, that you are that you are devoting to paying the bills and and you know updating your your um, your expenses ledger and, and income um, statements and that sort of thing and and you know hand that off to somebody who's actually skilled in that area. And what you've got to remember is that you know not only um, are they skilled in that area, but they that's their that's their job. That's the, they have their sole. Um, they, they can put all their time and energy into into doing that, so they don't have they don't have the other distractions that you have as a business owner that that you know keeps you from from doing that job um, as well as you might do it. So so you know let, please remember that you know delegation can be of tasks can be doesn't have to be at um, you know a full time employee type level. Totally agree. Okay, well that's um that's the end of the five areas and just to summarize those it's simplify, delegate, predict, systemize and structure. And just remember next time you reach a ceiling or if you're at a ceiling just apply um one of those five things if not all five and uh look for ways to to break through and I think this really brings back uh the last point that I wanted to make today Greg is it's all about taking control of your business. I I think as you pointed out before, you can allow the business to control you. Um, or you can take the reins and take control of it. I mean, you can't control the weather, uh, but you can certainly control uh, a whole lot of variables in in running a a fantastic business. So you might as well take advantage of the things that you can control. Um, And just to to make note, for those that are interested, uh, we've created a a fantastic business program called Take Control. Um, It's a a 10-week course uh, run over five modules that's all about just really helping you gain control, really helping you work on your business. Uh, We take you through even deeper traction with these five areas that we've spoken about today. So if that's of interest to you at all, just send us an email to support at farmownersacademy.com and we'll send you some further details on on what that course is all about. But it's a fantastic um, business course to help you really work on, on your business, not just in it. And I know... Greg, we, we ran this to our um, Platinum Mastermind members and it's uh, very, very valuable, correct? Uh, once, once, particularly when farmers really do regain control of where they're taking their business. Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, it's the key. It, these things don't just apply to, to farming businesses. They are universal to all businesses. And so, they are. And so you know, it doesn't matter whether you're just a farmer or whether you've got, you're involved in other businesses as well. These, these, um, these the, the principles that are in take control are, are universal to, to all businesses. Um, and um, you know, certainly, I know that if you have mastery of the areas that we cover in the Take Control training course, that you will, um, you know, you can basically run any business um, at a really high level. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Greg. That was very insightful, and thank you for listening. We'll see you next podcast. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you.